This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. This is the 49ers web zone. No Huddle Podcast. Part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Al Sacco with you. And the 49ers just beat the Buccaneers. 27 to 14. Now this game, the Niners started off the 10 and a half point favorite. So they were a big favorite to begin with, but as the week went on, went up to 13 and a half. So Vegas was believing in the Niners. Money was probably coming on the Niners to make that line go up. So the people are back on the Niners. Everybody thought that after last, get the buy, they come out, they destroy Jacksonville. Everybody thought that the Niners were back. And the Niners come into this game, and I, I thought they were too talented for the Bucs. Even the Bucs had to play almost a perfect game and the Niners had to beat themselves really for the Buccaneers to have any chance to, to really, I mean, the Niners are just too good, just too good. I didn't think it was going to happen. But as the week went on, I started to feel a little bit, not that I was ever worried, but there were some concerns when you think about just the logistics of it all. So the Niners come off the bye, they go to Jacksonville. So an East Coast game, an early game, they kick the shit out of the Jags. But now you're coming back home. And this game is sort of sandwiched in between a really tough stretch. So the Jags were a six, what were they, six and two when the Niners played them? It's like a big game. They hadn't been playing well. They come through with flying colors with a big win. Now you have this, this Bucks team that you shouldn't really be really worried about on paper. But Thursday, you're going to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Huge game. And then after that, you're going to Philly to play the Eagles. Might be the game of the year. And then you have Seattle again. So this is a really tough stretch. And it was it was it a letdown spot? Could the Niners have taken them lightly? Could things have happened? Those were sort of the worries with it. Not that I thought they were going to overlook Tampa Bay at all, but just, you know, is your mind wandering away to Thursday and do some things slip? That's kind of where my concern was. And I sort of thought this game had that feel to it. It was a grimy game. They kept saying that on the broadcast, like the Niners needed to win a grimy game. And this wasn't a game where they had to come back or anything like that. But it did feel sort of grimy to me. It had it, it had that that feel of, other than Brock Purdy, who was sensational, just some things happened that you're like, ah, oh, you're letting them hang around too long. And in the first half, the Niners come out, they, they get up 10-0 to start. And you're like, all right, 
we're we're feeling good here. I think it was on the Bucks second drive. They were they were driving the ball, but then Baker fumbles. And that was Baker's fifth turnover in nine plus quarters at the time against the 49ers. His other two games against the Niners weren't good. He was eight of 22 for 100 yards, and he had two interceptions, four sacks, fumble lost. When he played for the Browns, he lost the Niners beat the Browns 31 to 13. Then when he was on the Panthers, he was 20 of 36, 215, one interception. He was sacked four times. So he hadn't even thrown a touchdown against the Niners to this point. So once he fumbles on that play, I'm thinking, all right, here we go. Like the Niners are going to kill them. Like they had their little drive. You had your fun Tampa Bay. And now this game is going to be a route. The route's on 30 to seven, whatever it's going to be. But the Niners go up 10 to seven. And then all of a sudden Tampa Bay gets the ball back and they drive all the way down the field. And as I'm watching them drive down the field, I'm thinking to myself, I don't feel like they're doing anything well. Like nothing looks good about what Tampa Bay is doing at the moment. Um, Godwin hadn't touched the ball. Mike Evans, until the end of that drive, hadn't touched the ball. They go down the field and they hit Evans for the touchdown. All of a sudden it's 10-7. Niners are getting the ball back to the end of the half. But then Tampa Bay is going to get the ball to, to start the third quarter. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, this this is this this can get out of hand. This is what I was worried about. Are little stupid things going to happen, and then they're going to let Tampa Bay back in this game? Maybe they lose. Forty Nine ers lose a game. They have no business losing. Here's what happened after that. Brock Purdy, who I, I just have so much to say about him, and I will. After that ten, the ten seven score when Tampa Bay got it to ten seven. Purdy was six for six for 145 yards. He leads the field goal drive at the end of the half. And then when they get the ball back at the, at the shadow of their own goal line, handoff, 20 some odd completion to Kittle, 76 yard strike to Brandon. Iowa. All of a sudden you're at, you're at 17, seven and things are looking good for the Niners. Again, Purdy was sensational. They get up big, but then they kind of let Tampa Bay back into it. The score is 24 to 14. And Tampa Bay, was it 27 to 14 or 20? It was 27 to 14. Tampa Bay is driving and they have the ball, wherever it had to be a 10 tennis yard line or whatever. Baker throws a beautiful pass. It was a beautiful throw to a receiver whose name I don't know, but he dives and just kind of rolls over and drops the ball. Should have been a touchdown. And on the next play, he tries to throw in the corner to Evans, Jair Brown, who again, I have a lot, lot to talk about with Jair and he's going to play a big role as it looks like Hufanga towards ACL. But he makes a great play to break it up on fourth down. Bucks don't score. Niners get the ball back. But then they let them go down again, <laughs> again to, to get a late score. And the ball gets tipped. And there was an, there was another pass. Oh, to Kate Odden, the tight end that Baker put right there. He's juggling the ball. Again, Jair Brown with a big play to come in with the hit. Jar the ball loose. He doesn't score. And then eventually Baker throws the ball off. I think it was Greenlaw's helmet. And for the interception. So the Niners kind of let them hang around. And then at the end of the game too, the Niners could have ran the clock out. They couldn't get a first down on fourth down. So they let them hang around. It was a grimy game. They didn't close it out really on defense or on offense. And the defense to me, I thought just let, they just let Baker do, do too much. It felt like Baker almost threw like six interceptions in this game. It, it could have gone that way too. But again, it was a lot, a lot, a lot of the short throws, a lot of the quick throws that, that Baker was able to hit, that worried me a little bit just in terms of it, it, it looks sort of previous to the 
by with the defense where the quarterback was able to get a rhythm and hit a lot of short throws, but they were bend, bend, but don't break. They got some, the 49ers defense got some breaks and you say, yeah, it's the bucks. They should have won the game. But for all the reasons I said, these games can be tricky. So it was big for the Niners just to come in here and get this win, get to seven and three. When you have Seattle who just lost a heartbreaker, uh, a last second field goal that they missed to lose the game. They're six and four. Geno's banged up. Kenneth Walker doesn't hurt his abdomen. I doubt he's going to play for a few weeks, probably. And Geno will see. Even if Geno plays on Thursday, he's going to be banged up with the elbow. So Niners are looking good there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But seven and three, you're in a really good spot. And I guess where I want to start with this, I got to talk about the quarterback. And, and I know, look, am I a Brock Purdy guy? I am. I, I really like Brock Purdy. I like everything he brings to the team. I like that he's calm. I lo- love his poise. I think he's a perfect fit for this offense. But I feel like what you saw in this game, again, was a quarterback just playing at a really high level. If this is a Jimmy Garoppolo game, I'm not not here to knock Jimmy. It just, it just is what it is with him. There were mistakes. He couldn't hit big plays downfield. And in a game like this, it, it might have lingered. Maybe it is only 20 to 14 and the Bucs come back. They don't have that with Purdy. And I was thinking about it during the game. So when the 49ers wanted to move on from Garoppolo, when you think back to the 2021 offseason, one of the reasons they wanted to move on from Jimmy was because of his injuries. wasn't healthy. It did not stay healthy. Second reason was he was limited in terms of big plays. You had all this talent on the offense, but he wasn't a guy who was going to hit big plays downfield, especially outside the numbers. When have you, the pass, the 60-whatever-yard touchdown pass to Kittle last week and the 76-yarder to IU in this week, both outside the numbers. When was the last time you saw 49ers quarterback hit those throws, let alone in back-to-back games? It wasn't happening with Garoppolo. So what they had with Garoppolo was a quarterback who was who was very accurate with short passes, can get guys on the run, but he didn't have that downfield threat. He didn't threaten defenses downfield. He didn't stretch the field. It just wasn't there. And it limited the 49ers offense. His defenses weren't afraid of the long pass. So what they said to themselves is, okay, you know, they tried to get Stafford. They tried to get Watson, who Watson at the time was a top QB. Stafford at the time, you know, top QB. They couldn't do that. They said, okay, we're, we're going to trade up in the draft. And one of the reasons that they wanted Trey Lance is what he brought to them downfield. He had a big arm. He could move much more than, much better than Garoppolo can. Garoppolo is a statue. So he can move around in the pocket. Kyle could dial some things up for him running wise, but he could threaten the defense down the field. 
and what they were giving up in accuracy. So what they were giving up in short-term accuracy, not, and I don't mean accuracy 25 yards down the field. I mean, accuracy five to 10 yards down the field, what they were giving up with that by moving on from Grappolo to Lance, they would hope that they were gaining big playability. What they have in Purdy is they have both of those things. You have Garoppolo's short game accuracy. You have big throws down the field that you were hoping Lance was going to give you. And Purdy's escapability, he, he's, a, he's a very mobile quarterback. He can run. He can escape pressure. He does maybe not have the mobility of Lance, but he's a better runner than Trey Lance. Trey Lance you know, stumbles into contact. Purdy is like both of those guys that they wanted, <laughs> that quarterback that they wanted, and you kind of push them together, and, and here you are, and you have Brock Purdy. It's just the perfect situation for the 49ers. And just, I'm going to throw, how, how can you not just keep throwing these stats out with Brock Purdy? It seems like every week there's something else that we're throwing out about him. Now, we had said that last week, I saw NFL Communications put out a stat that the only two quarterbacks in their first two seasons to have three games of three-plus touchdown passes and a passer rating of 140 or higher were Kurt Warner and Purdy. Well, Purdy did that again today. So now Purdy's done that in back-to-back games, and it's the fourth time he's done it in his first two seasons. Brock today, 21-25, 333 yards, three touchdowns, a perfect passer rating, 158.3, which is the first time that's happened since Joe Montana in 1989 for 49ers to be with at least 19 attempts. So he basically played a perfect game today. Is, is, is what Brock did. It's the first back-to-back 300-yard game since Steve Young. He now on the season has, in 10 games, 2,662 yards, 18 touchdown passes, five interceptions, 70% completions. Um, his yards per attempt is 9.68 right now. Pretty damn good. And he came into this game with a rating of 109.9. I don't know what it is at the moment. It's going to be over 110 after this game, which which is just just sensational. What he is doing, he's on pace to throw for 4,525 yards, 31 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. That is a pretty damn good season. It would be the most yards ever for a 49ers quarterback. Um, and I know there's the 17th game, but I think actually he's on a 16-game pace to throw for more yards than any other 49ers quarterback. The doubts and the criticism and everything else that you, people want to throw at him, it's to me, guys, it's, it's over. It's over. What, what else does he have to prove? And by saying this, I don't mean that he's going to, yeah, he's going to be great every single week. He's going to throw for two plus touchdowns and no picks and have a rating of 130 or whatever every week. No, that's not going to happen. Doesn't happen at any quarterback. He's going to have ups and downs. There's going to be good games. There's going to be bad games. But the good is going to outweigh the bad with this guy. You have your franchise quarterback. He's number 13. He's behind center. Stop trying to nitpick it. Enjoy it. National people at this point, I think the people who know what they're looking at understand how good that he's been and understand how good he is within this offense. And I, Cynthia Freeland mentioned it. We had her on last week, and I agree with that. Like Every quarterback is a system quarterback. You play in the system that you're in. Every single quarterback is like that. You will have a few. Mahomes is one that you could probably put anywhere, and he's he's a freak. And you can figure it out. Maybe Josh Allen when he's when he's at when he's at his peak. But those guys who are physically gifted like that, they're very rare, very rare. 
for the most part, you need to be brought into a good system. You can't come in, I don't care who you are, to a team that, that's, that's a mess, a disaster. The Patriots offense right now with no weapons around it. Last year, if Joe Judge was your coordinator or whoever the hell they had last year, come to a situation like that, you're not going to do well. I mean, Matt Jones kind of sucks either way, but you know what I mean. So it's great that he's in a good situation, but he's making the best of this situation. What what is what do you want him to do? He had a perfect rating today. He threw three touchdown passes and he had four incompletions. What what do you want the guy to do? He's playing great. I'm sorry that he has good players around him. Do you want him to apologize for that? He's doing the best that he can with all the players around him. He's making the best of it, I should say, with all those players around him. He shouldn't apologize for that. He's coming in and doing exactly what you would hope he, he would do. And the Niners are at seven and three right now. And and the even when he when they had the losing streak, he didn't play well in Cleveland, but he it was a rainy game. Minnesota and um Cincinnati. Sorry, I blanked on that for a minute. It's not like he played poorly the whole game. He actually played really well for most of those games. He just got hit with the turnover bug when they got behind where he tried to do too much. But as you're seeing with him, he hasn't had any turnovers the last two weeks. and He's learning. That's the thing, too, with he's a second-year quarterback. This isn't a 10-year vet that you brought in, and it's the same shit he's been doing for 10 years, and you're like, why isn't this guy learning? He is a young quarterback who is adjusting. And I keep saying is we're not going to know what he is until we see it. So another year from now or another two years, it just takes time to know who a person is and what they can do. And we said, okay, can, can he start playing complete games again? He has absolutely answered the bell with that. He's been, he's been phenomenal the last two weeks. Phenomenal. He's got over what, 650 yards and six touchdown passes. Pretty, pretty damn good. So he adjusted early in the season. He was having trouble with the deep ball. He was inaccurate on his deep balls during the season. I'm pretty sure I'd have to get the numbers. I'll see if I can get them for next show. But his deep ball numbers are, if they're not the best in the league, they're they're right about there. Throwing 20 plus yards, he's been sensational. Sensational. It adds a whole new element to the 49ers offense because now you have to worry about, not only do you have to worry about Debo getting the ball and running 40 yards, now you have to worry about the downfield passing game. So I can't say enough about him, man. And as somebody who's been a fan of this team for a long time and covering this team for a long time, you know, when I was a little kid, I saw the tail end of Montana, um, saw Steve Young, and he gets spoiled, right? Wow. You have two great quarterbacks. And even Jeff Garcia, he took a lot of heat when he was there because, you know, you're going from Montana to Young to Garcia. But Garcia was a Pro Bowl quarterback. But ever since then, it's 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 been rough. It's been rough waters. You had short time with Kaepernick where he was a bit kind of flash in the panty, but he had some, some moments and then Grappolo had some moments too. 2019 overall was, was a pretty good season. He played very well at time at times last year when they got McCaffrey, but overall it was a lot of injuries, a lot of frustration, a lot of why, why are you making the same mistakes, Jimmy with him? So the Niners really haven't had a franchise guy since Steve Young. Jeff Garcia was a short-term type thing. Was he there for four years, really, as a starter, five? But with Purdy at 23 years old, what you can have now is a guy that five, ten years is, is your starter, right? That's what you're looking at. And again, if you're like, well, he's limited physically, he plays for Kyle Shanahan. I don't think Kyle Shanahan's going anywhere anytime soon. So he's going to play within this system for, I would think, at least the next three or four years maybe even maybe more so he's in this system he's in good shape <laughs> just enjoy it. it it just is what it is 
thrilled to be able to say again that this team has a franchise guy behind Sutter. Now, George Kittle is another guy I want to talk about because George Kittle is back. He is back. His last four games, 25 catches, 432 yards, and two touchdowns. With his 89 yards today, he's tied Billy Wilson for fifth in the NFL, or fifth, fifth in the NFL, fifth in 49ers history with 5,902 receiving yards. So right now, I believe it's Gene Washington, Dwight Clark, Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice ahead of Kittle. Kittle is an all-time 49ers territory right now, what he's doing. He, he's going to go down as one of the best 49ers that they've had. And you look at, this is another, we'll go back to the QB. Uh, Marcus Thompson from The Athletic put this stat out today. In Kittle's first 76 games, he had 24 touchdowns. In his last 16 with Purdy, he has 12. So now you're seeing George, who has always gotten a lot of yards, but he never his, his thing was like, well, he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Now that he's with more of a, a dynamic quarterback, whether it's for the system or, again, however you want to put it, he's scoring touchdowns too. And that's really exciting, really exciting to see. Brandon Ayuk was another guy who had a big game today. And Tampa Bay, going into this game, we talked about that Tampa Bay was really good against the run. And they struggled against the pass, especially downfield, and especially when they're on the road. Uh, Kirk Cousins threw for 344 against them. Josh Allen, 324. CJ Stroud, 470. And now Purdy had 333. So when they're non-division road games, they've got absolutely killed in the passing game downfield. And I thought today would be this way. And the Niners came out throwing. I think Purdy had 11 attempts maybe in the first quarter, right around there. Came out attacking them. And Brandon Ayuk has been huge downfield this year. Almost, almost half of his um, targets have been Big time throws, so like 20 yards downfield. I saw Matthew Berry had a stat around about that. And today was no different. Five catches, 156 yards. That's over 30 yards a catch if you're doing your math. He's at 841 yards now this season. He is going to go way past 1,000, assuming that he stays healthy. He's going to have the biggest Niner receiving year in, in, that we've seen. Well, Debo had 1,400. He's probably going to be like right around there if he keeps on this pace. Um, He's having a great season. He's earning whatever contract he's going to get. Hopefully it's from the 49ers. But they really did well today. The Niners, I thought, get, getting the Avengers involved, right? Ayuk, 5 for 156. Uh, Kittle, 8 for 89. Debo had, how many yards did Debo have here? I'll have to get it back up. Um, but D Debo, again, it's not always like, Debo makes his plays. But with Debo, again, if he's not, huge on the stat sheet what he does just being on the field the threat of him teams always have to account for Debo Samuel always and it does make a huge difference and it does open things up for other guys so today so I can get this up here um he had three catches and he had his base McCaffrey ran 21 times for 78.7 yards per carry and that is basically what the Bucks allowed this year. Um, they they allow about 3.7 yards per carry, and, and that's what they that's what they got today. Um, really good game there. Elijah Mitchell came in with six car four carries for 24 yards. He looked like he had a little bit more burst, which was good because I was a little bit worried about Mitchell. He was averaging 2.8 yards per carry, and it was good that they got him off the field today. Um, I'm sorry, got McCaffrey off the field today and got Mitchell in there to get some runs, and he did well. And they're going to need him. We all want to see Jordan Mason get some carries, but 
if he doesn't and Mitchell stays ahead of him on the depth chart, we want to see Mitchell get going. Because one, to keep McCaffrey fresh for the playoffs, and two, just just because you need another threat, right? You need another running back who can go in there and get after it. So it was a big day for the Niners offense, 7.1 yards per play. Have to be really happy with that. The bad part about today's game was Kufunga, who, from what Kyle Shanahan said, it looks like he tore his ACL. So he's going to be out for the season. That's a huge loss for the Niners. Huge loss. Jair Brown's going to come in now, the rookie. And he gave up, might have been his first series, but he came in and gave up a long pass right, right off the bat. 35 yards, maybe 40 yards. Got kind of, looked like he got his feet caught and the receiver just ran right by him. So you're thinking, oh man, is this going to be a liability? But then he came through with big play after big play. It was a fourth down in the corner. He goes and he bats the ball away from Mike Evans. And what I loved about that play was the first person you saw run over to him was Fred Warner. And Warner was in his face, whatever he was saying to him, pumping him up, talking him up. And I just love that because that that's a leader, right? That's the leader of your defense who comes right over to, to the rookie and is like, hell yeah, hell yeah. You know, we're here for you. We're behind you. It was a great play. We recognize that. And then he breaks up the pass to Kate Otten. It looked like Otten might have dropped it anyway, but Brown comes over and does a clean hit on him, makes sure the ball gets jarred loose. And then the interception happened a play or two after. And then he's Johnny on the spot when the ball bounces off of, I think it was Greenlaw's head, and he gets the pick. So he made some plays today, and that's good confidence for him moving forward. And look, this guy's probably going to be a starting safety next year, or the Niners hope. So let's let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do there. But the Hufunga loss is going to be big. The only thing that I I think can really knock the Niners down or keep them down is injuries. And, and, and that's a big one right now. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully Brown can step in. The secondary... I don't know if there was soft coverage again today. Baker got a little bit of a rhythm, was hitting a lot of short passes. We'll we'll see how that goes. Tampa Bay couldn't take advantage of Mike Evans on some downfield throws today either. Uh, was it the first play of the game? One of them. I don't know. But deep pass, Evans was on Ambry Thomas, and I think Evans has like five inches on Thomas. He's a lot bigger than him. Thomas had good coverage, but Baker airmailed it. If they could just get Thomas in more jump ball situations, just because of the size of him, they might have had some success with that. But Baker couldn't get the ball. Baker did well on some of the short stuff, but he couldn't get the ball downfield to, to him. There were a lot of passes downfield that he airmailed or missed or, or whatever it was. So, But listen, a win is a win. They get this game out of the way. These are the games that obviously you have to win. You have to beat the teams that you should. And we'll see what happens with this stretch that they're about to have. Wanted to go over. I was on Larry Kruger's show Friday, and Larry said he was having a conversation. And I, I've been, because all I do is think about football. I've been thinking about it ever since he said it. And he, he, uh, he might've even said he was talking to his son about it, but he brought it up to me and he said, if Brock Purdy was coming out in the draft this year and you knew what he would be, so you could go in the future and you knew that this guy was going to have the success that he had, where would he go? And he asked me that. And I said, well, I mean, it's a top five pick might even be the first or second pick. And there were some people in the, comments and I immediately turned off the comments, but like, oh no, third rounder, fifth rounder. Absolutely not. If you told an NFL general manager or coach who was picking in the, the top of the draft, listen, there are five quarterbacks that we think are worthy of a pick here. I know that one of them for sure, because I went in the future and saw it, is going to lead the league in QB rating um, by week 11 in his second year. 
is already going to have two playoff wins under his belt, is going to be on pace for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdown passes, is going to be 14 and four, whatever it is, is a, whatever he is as a starter. They would pick him in a heartbeat, first or second. The only way they wouldn't do that is if maybe you think there's a generational guy in there, if you think Caleb Williams is generational. But you would take him in a heartbeat, heartbeat in the first or second pick. And I went back and I thought about it. I said, all right, it's a crapshoot for quarterbacks. So I went back and I looked and I went back to, I thought 2017 was a good place to start for this exercise because that's when Kyle took over. And that's sort of, you know, you're talking five, six years, right? Seven years. You know who players are. So I went back and looked at every quarterback taken in the first two rounds. And if there were any late round gems, I wanted to see how many of them actually panned out that you would say, yes, this was a good pick. And if you would take Brock, where you would take Brock Purdy there. So went back to 2017. The first round quarterbacks were, and as I'm going through this, you could say in your head, hit, miss, Purdy, not Purdy, and we'll, we'll put it all together afterwards. But 2017, first round was Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Second round was Deshaun Kaiser. The late round pick that stood out, I'd have to say Joshua Dobbs, who's starting and is a good story this year. 2018, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson were first round picks. Uh, there were no second round or late round. No second round QBs were taken that year and no late round picks really stood out. 2019, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Lock was picked in the second round. Uh, Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew, as I guess, again, he's, he started a lot of games. He was a sixth round pick. He was a good sixth round pick. 2020, this was a huge QB draft. Joe Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and Jordan Love were the first round picks. Jalen Hurts was the second round pick. No late rounders really stood out. 2021, oh, this draft. Ugh. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Matt Jones were the first rounders. Second rounders were Kyle Trask. 2022, I guess I'll just give you this whole draft because this was Purdy's draft. Pickett was the first round pick. He was picked 20th overall. This was a really shitty QB class. No second round picks. You had Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Matt Corral in the third, Bailey Zappi in the fourth, Sam Howell in the fifth, Chris Oladellin, I don't know who he is, in the seventh round, Skylar Thompson in the seventh round, and Purdy in the seventh round. So as I went through there, so quarterbacks that you would say there were 25 QBs taken in the first or second round, the ones that hit, what I would say are hits, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Hertz, and Lawrence. So those eight are obviously eight really, really good quarterbacks. I think Kenny Pickett sucks. <laughs> Personally, I think he's, he's terrible. I don't know if anybody really wants to put him there as a hit. So those were the eight that I would say were hits. There were some good picks in there. Sam Howell for a fifth rounder, he's starting. That's, that's a good pick. But the guys that you would compare to Purdy, there were eight of them, I would say. So you could say wherever you want to rank Purdy within there, if you want to say he's ninth behind all those eight guys, that's fine. But the point of this is when you look at it, there were 25 QBs taken in those first two rounds. Only, only eight of them hit. That's all you could really say that were hits. So what is that, 35%-ish or whatever? So it's definitely a crapshoot. So yeah, if Brock Purdy was in the draft and you knew he was going to be Brock Purdy, I think he's a first or second 
overall pick. Forget about the measurables. We're not looking at measurables. We're not looking at, at the combine. Looking at what he's done on the field. Probably a first or second overall pick. The Niners just got just one of the great steals of all time, of all time there by getting him in the seventh round. And it makes up no other regime could make up, could get away with trading multiple first round picks for a third overall pick that not only didn't work for you, but you had to trade away and as a third round, as a third stringer on another team. Like you can't get away with that. They did and then some by finding this guy in the seventh round. So did he save their ass? Maybe, but I'll tell you what, man, unbelievable what he's done. All right, to finish off, I wanted to look around the NFC a little bit just to see what happens. So the Niners are at seven and three. They're in good shape in terms of their division because, like I said, Seattle blew a game today. Seattle is six and four, and Seattle's got a brutal schedule coming up. I mean, they have the Niners twice. They have Dallas. They have a really, really tough schedule. So if the Niners, I think the Niners are going to take care of business against them. I feel like they have issues. But that was a huge loss today because now you're going in with a game lead to Thursday night. Something fluky happens. You're not down a game anymore. So that was a huge. Cowboys continue to win, but all the Cowboys continue to do is beat up on bad teams to me. They beat Carolina today. Great. When the Cowboys beat someone good, let me know. They have had such an easy schedule. And it's great that they destroy the teams that are terrible, but the Niners destroyed them. They lost to Philly. Can't think of their other loss was too, but it was a good team, I think. they All they do is beat up on bad teams. They do not worry me. The Niners have their number. Detroit, you got to love this team, man. They are so much fun. Jared Goff could not have played worse for the first three and a half quarters. He threw three picks, and he almost threw another one as they were about to score that could have gone back as a pick six. He really struggled, and they played, They trailed by 12 with three minutes left. And then he hits Jamison Williams for a long TD. They get a stop on Justin Fields, and then they get to do an 11-play, 73-yard drive. Um with two and change left to come back and win. The Lions are so much freaking fun, man. They really are. And if the Niners don't get it done, I'd love to see them do it. But in terms of the Niners now, the Lions are eight and two. So you have Philly, who only has one loss. Lions are eight and two, and the Lions have a really easy schedule. And you got the Niners at seven and three. So again, the goal, the hope is that the Niners can beat Philly. Maybe Philly trips up again and the Niners can get a home field. But with Philly on the docket, with Baltimore on the docket, it, it's it's going to be tough for the Niners to get home field. Would love for them to at least get the two seed, but again, Detroit, Detroit may end up, they may end up 14 and three, 13 and four. Really with that schedule, it's crazy. So good for San Francisco that Seattle lost. And right now it's fun to look at the other teams and obviously you keep track. You want to root for Detroit and Philly to lose and Seattle to lose, but the Niners just got to take care of business. They just have to keep winning games. They're a team that's that's built that can go anywhere because um, they have a good defense, because they have a good quarterback, because they have a good running game. They can go on the road. So they have to take care of business on their own. And we'll see. But Seattle game coming up, huge. We'll preview it soon. Was a big win today. Enjoy it. And enjoy that 49ers fans, you have a quarterback. Niners on three. One, two, three. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.